Hello and welcome to the post-holidays and post-New Year's edition of the Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation. I am the traffic anchor and the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. And with me today, and for at least the next week, uh, or until we you know, knock off our executive producer of the evening, uh, is the one, the only Denver 7 anchor, Nicole Brady. Hello, Nicole. Hello. Yay. Knock off. We don't mean kill him. No, I just said not. Just, I mean, you know, whatever that entails. Remove him <laughs> from this, this chair. That's right. What is in the uh, brand new world of Nicole? Anything new? Anything happening? Just good to be back from the holidays and the sickness I seem to get every yes. year. We wanted to tape this show last week, but I had no voice. So... That happens to me every New Year's, it, it does. seems like. It does. Every time you're sick. Last year you had this coughing attack where you were solo <laughs> anchoring and you couldn't continue, so Lisa and I had to jump in yep. for a block, and that was interesting. That was, yeah. So so I took a few days off. I'm on the mend, and I now I finally feel like the New Year has begun. I'm okay, ready. good. Now you're ready on for January the New Year. January 8th. And I see you brought this. your uh, small cup of water. Well, like I said, I'm trying to get over this cold. Well, because so this is radio, you can, can see yeah, that. your kids. We, uh, <laughs> we got a gallon jug to it get is. through today. It is a full-on milk jug full of water. There you go. Well, hope the bathroom is nearby. <laughs> uh, I tried to get several different guests uh, to come on the show this week, but I could only get one. And he, he's tried. He's true. He would never let me down. Uh, and what we lack in quantity, we make up for in quality. In a bit, we're going to speak with ABC Radio's Alex Stone, who was just out in Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show, good old CES. And we'll talk to Alex about all the new technology there at yeah. CES, uh, especially as it regards to transportation. There were a lot of interesting uh, products that came out. Sony uh, had their own electric car. Sony doesn't make cars. But they make a lot of things that go into these cars. Right. Why they, not? Why not now at this point? And they wanted to show off all those things. And so they brought out a car, um, which was interesting. And there's some other uh, interesting products. And we'll, we'll get Alex's take on, on what he saw uh, and what it was like to be there on the floor of CES. I, I, I would love to go out there. I think you should. I mean, at transportation technology has to be one of the biggest things that yes. we're looking at in the next few years. So There were a lot of car yeah. makers out there showing off mm -hmm. autonomy. That was the next big thing is trying to get to level two, three uh, autonomy. We're never, I don't think, going to get up to level five where everything's just driving itself. But mm. um, what was it, Panasonic or... I don't know if it was Panasonic or Samsung. They were going to create their own town, I think, in Japan. Uh, like similar to what I think yes. it's Panasonic here right, the, has uh, created a little Aerotropolis. area. Yes, yes. Uh, where they they have this little shuttle that drives around at like ten miles an hour. It's really ridiculous. But they're trying to at least it's a start to try to be fully autonomous. Yeah, it's an interesting idea if you can make things uh, you know sort of self-contained enough. Right. Uh, I think that might and be able and to that's work, what they want to do is not mingle self-driving yeah. with people driving. Not yet. Not exactly. Not yet. So we'll talk to Alex all about that stuff and what else he uh, saw at the show. That'll be coming up in a bit. Uh, but I wanted to start with a follow-up from the last episode uh, where one of the latest stories I published was a couple of questions from two viewers, one asking if trucks should be restricted to just the overnight hours and the other one to restrict trucks to just the right lane. So I received a Facebook message from someone named Wendy Benton Parker. And it was just before Christmas, and Wendy said to me, thank you for your near-perfect answer to Paula from Denver about restricting trucks to night use only. I had a couple things to add. And then Wendy included a link to a story that was posted on a site called Landline. <laughs> Never heard of it before. And uh, she wrote this story. So I, took, uh, I, I looked at the page, and, and on the top it says, what drives me crazy, probably some of the same things as you, Paula. So this, this is what Wendy writes. Who doesn't love a little groovy jaunt out to Denver? There's no doubt the scenery is extraordinary. I'll never forget the time I rode into Denver on a load with my husband, George, across I-70 from the west side, Grand Junction, White River, National Forest, and Vale, or at least what you can see of it from the highway, is just as pretty as anything you'd ever want to look at all day, which is good because we spent most of the day between Vale and Denver in a traffic jam and lost about half his clock crawling at a snail's pace. So obviously her husband, George, is a truck driver, and she was riding along there. So she says, that was almost 10 years ago, and I can still remember thinking how stupid it was for him to have to press on that 
last 100 miles in miserable, dangerous traffic. And yes, he was on an ELD 10 years ago because he was a company driver. And newsflash to the unaffiliated, ELDs are not magical new technologies that will save the human race. They've been around a lot longer than a hot minute, y'all, and they've caused more damage than they cured in this industry. For a lot of people, I think that whole paragraph went over their heads. Yeah. You're, you're, you're looking at me and blinking. Okay. ELDs, if you're not up on your trucker lingo here, Nicole, they're electronic logging devices. Mm. And they're, they're machines, these electronic machines that are in the trucks, and they're attached to the engine, and it records the driving hours of the truck. It used to be you would log your hours on a log and then show that and say, this is how, many time, how long I'm driving and how long I'm resting, and, and so it used to be written. Well, a lot of drivers would, would fudge on that. Sure. I mean, uh, come on. Who wouldn't fudge on it? I would. I fudge. would. I would I, I'll I mean, admit yeah. it right here. Yeah. They wanted people to stop fudging, so they have these electronic machines that are ch- hooked to the truck and then would record the hours the truck is actually running. And it's a federal government mandate that regulates how long these drivers can drive and, air quote, to make the driving industry and trucking industry safer. Right. So we talked a lot about them, those ELDs, in the last episode when we spoke, spoke to uh, Andrea Marks from Trucker Nation. Uh, and so you can hear all that stuff in the last piece. Anyway, so back to the piece from Wendy Parker in Landline Media. Perhaps any number of memories pertaining to the stupid Qualcomm flashing a red exclamation mark and screaming like the world was going to end if we didn't park the truck immediately is why this particular news feature triggered me to levitate mm-hmm. in my office as I read it. Denver 7 traffic anchor Jason Luber has a feature that asks local viewers, what's driving you crazy? Make no mistake, Luber, who has covered Denver traffic for over 20 years, does a great job of answering the angst of the public with well-researched facts. Well, that's nice to hear about yourself. Yes. (laughs) At least I'm not a hated journalist. I have to give him kudos for his answer to Paula from Denver, who wrote in to ask, Are Colorado authorities looking at encouraging truckers to drive at night to ease excessive traffic during daylight hours, especially rush hours? Germany has benefited by this plan. Maybe we would, too. Let me, again, say that Mr. Luber... Well, uh, you're not Dr. Luber, I mean. I could be. (laughs) Maybe I should be. Maybe I can get an honorary doctorate from Georgia Southern University. There you go. That's about as close as you might get, though, I think. Yes. Honorary doctorate. All right. Well, Mr. Luber did a fair amount of research and had great references to back up his pro-con answer. He touched on the uh, inability of our Amazon economy to keep commercial vehicles off public highways during rush hour traffic because there's simply too much rush shipping to do. He also made a case for shippers and receivers being unable to staff 24-hour warehouse personnel. He even talked about parking, which we all know is almost as much of a nightmare as the rush hour traffic in and around Denver. What Luber didn't mention were the hours of service and the electronic logging devices. I get why. Regular people usually get a glazed look when you start talking about regulations, but this is an important part of the puzzle. The general public needs to understand compliance does not equal safety or efficiency. Paula enacting bans and moving something from the realm of being beneficial to both parties to criminalizing the people who have the least amount of control over their schedule does nothing for safety or traffic congestion. Let me assure you, Paula, a great number of professional drivers would prefer to be on the highway at the least congested hour. Miles equal money in this business. It makes a lot of sense to drive when these miles aren't impeded by a gabillion non-professional drivers zipping in and out of traffic and generally screwing things up. How many is a gabillion? Oh, good question. Is that like a billion times a billion? Gabillion. I I don't know. I mean, it seems a like Google a lot. Plex. <laughs> it seems, it just Billy, seems like a whole I, lot. I, I don't know. Doesn't it? No <laughs> All right. Being able to use their hours of service in a flexible manner would allow this. As far as the suggestion for right lane only truck restrictions, let me state that I cannot adequately explain to you how unsafe it is to restrict the largest and heaviest vehicles on the road to only one lane, which people enter and exit the highway without using expletives in my editors frown upon. For the love of heaven... Use your noggins. If you're going to make truck-only lane, it should be the far left lane where traffic is supposed to move without impediment. Truckers don't like truck-only lanes because officials insist on putting them in the stupidest possible place on the highway. 
not because drivers are a bunch of rebels who just want to break the law. In closing, Paula, I'd like to think this is common ground that I've yet to see non-drivers grasp. I'm not making fun of you. I'm commending you for your finally making a breakthrough and understanding that the highways can be used for a more efficiently and safer manner. If we work in conjunction with one another, you realize that we all want the same thing, Paula, and that's to get to work on time, home safe again. Let's make it happen. That, again, from Wendy Parker in Landline Media. Do, does Colorado have any trucker only? No. Lanes? Okay. No, we don't. There are some places that try trucker-only lanes hmm. and do restrict truckers to just the right lane uh, during either certain times or all the time. Um, but Wendy makes a good point that the left lane, because truckers typically want to just keep on going right. through, uh, would benefit from being just in a left lane and just let them go through. Because hmm. most of them just want to keep on yeah. rolling. Um, there have been some ideas floated around, including one in Georgia, where they wanted to create a highway that was in a rural part of the state that basically paralleled I-75 that would basically bypass everything and be uh, only for truckers. Yeah. And so they could just keep on rolling, and you would have only cars in there because they want to keep on going. The cars don't want to deal with the trucks, and the trucks don't want to deal with the cars. And so that, that was a pretty interesting idea. Obviously, it would cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be one way to deal with that. Um, Truck-only lanes? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But if then there's a problem with one of the trucks and it breaks down or there's an emergency of some sort, well, that's no good. Then, yeah. Then you break down the whole lane for everybody, right? I guess they could still go in the other lanes in that case, but... Yeah, they could. Might not solve everything. No, but (laughs) if you really want to get some more, we did talk about the ELDs with Andrea Marks from Trucker Nation in the last episode. Uh, after I wrote that story and I was uh, receiving a lot of hate mail. I haven't mm-hmm. received any hate mail since I've done that interview and I posted the link to the interview okay. on the story, at the very top of the story. Yes. So that's usually people just read the headline and then boom, it's uh, it's all over, Betty, and we have hate mail flowing <laughs> in. So, yeah, I, I, I have all the hate mail. It's pretty much dried up, which is good. Do you get hate good, mail? Good point. Um not hate. I wouldn't say hate. Dislike I, mail? I, I, yeah, let's call it dislike mail. <laughs> and what kind uh, of dislike general, mail do you get? Oh, and I haven't gotten a lot. I, I wouldn't say, you know, you have stirred the pot a couple of times, oh, maybe, with Dot uh, or yes, some other uh, agencies. or. You haven't gotten any um, feed blowback from my dealings with them, have you? No, no, I haven't, personally. Well, um I I think once in a while you you hit on an issue that people are a little uh, you know passionate about and they think you're taking one side or the other yeah. even though I don't feel like most of the time I am and usually as a whole agency we're not um and uh and often when I write back to them they immediately understand yeah. my perspective as well and they and they and they try to go out of their way to show they weren't personally attacking me it's been a while since I got a very personal attack. Nice. So that's good. But usually yeah. any of the attacks or the comments that, that you receive, not, not maybe not necessarily the, the you as in Nicole, but you as in female yes. journalists, it's more about what you're wearing and yeah. what your hair looks like and how your makeup is. Those, yeah, those, yeah. those can be annoying. Molly just received I one know. of those and it's she, still shaking her up. I saw a post about that. I was out sick when that happened, and I haven't gotten to ask her about that yet. Yeah. But that was an interesting one about her um, about her dress and yeah, you know how she looks on air. And- I know these are. Uh, the, the, I don't understand why people think they they can say something like that. Would they say it to your face? Probably no. not. Probably not. No. But they would say it to on your an, TV. Uh, exactly on an email or yeah or just shouting in the living room at the TV. But I don't know what it is. I. I I look at people on TV and I go, I, I, I guess I probably just wouldn't like that person. Right. For whatever reason, you don't know why. And I'm sure that there, there are people that do that with me and maybe yeah. with you, but probably less with you because <laughs> you are uh, you are a lot nicer and prettier than I am. Yeah. I mean, probably. You're <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> no, I don't. Thanks, I, Nicole. I, Thanks. I haven't heard personally of anyone uh-huh. complaining about you. Saying I don't like that Luber. Yeah. Um, How so do you that, dress that's... when you fly somewhere, though? 
comfortable, but not, you know, PJs. Not like you just woke up out not of bed. Not like I with, just rolled out of bed, yeah. With an oversized shirt and a pair of sweatpants. No, no, and no. Your hair in a bun. I don't do, I, I don't put on makeup. I do try to wear flip-flops if I can to remove them easily in the You don't want to do security that. Security line, no? There's a reason, well, it is, well, that is a benefit. However, when you get on the plane, that is some of the dirtiest <laughs> floor you would ever come across, the floor of an okay. airplane. And yeah, good in the case of a crash or an incident where you have to get out fast, you want something that attaches to your feet. I have heard that, yes. All right. So just, you know. I'll change it, it, my stance on. But I've done it too, Jeez. I know. Uh, but before uh, boarding a December flight at O.R. Tambo Airport in Johannesburg, South Africa, a 10-year-old boy was informed by airport security that the T-shirt he was wearing, which had the image of a <laughs> snake... Would not be allowed on the plane. No snakes on the plane. Stevie Lucas had been on a family trip to visit his grandparents on the Western Cape of South Africa when security officers at the airport told Stevie's mom that the snake toys or T-shirt that he had with him were not going to be allowed on that flight. (laughs) Their reasoning, seeing the reptile could cause anxiety for the other passengers and the crew members. Yay! Hey, wait, I'll react. Wow. <laughs> what kind of snake was this? I don't know what a, kind of snake. A hologram I, shirt? Yeah. yeah could, I, I, I don't, I, how bad could it have been? Uh, could I guess it have been a cobra, a water moccasin, <laughs> a python. What if it was and just had, like a little garter snake? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. You know? I, those are those are. snake on it's your It's not a gardener picture. snake. It's a Garden? garter, garter snake. Garter? Yes. Everybody calls it a gardener snake or a. Oh, I didn't know that. Garden Let's snake. Let's take it's this not... part out. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, seriously? Okay, interesting. Yes. I didn't know that. It's Either way, though, that is just ridiculous. Yes, it is completely to, ridiculous. To turn the shirt inside yeah, out. Yeah, it's what exactly okay, what mom yeah. did. The most sensible thing: turn the shirt go. inside out, uh, put it back on, and proceeded to board the airplane. American Airlines threatened to keep a passenger off a flight. A separate flight, not this flight, a separate flight from Florida to Nevada back in December because she was wearing a T-shirt that read, Hail Satan. (laughs) Well, everybody can hail somebody, and apparently they wanted to hail Satan. (laughs) American Airlines said, "Uh, that's not really the kind of shirt we want you to wear. I don't know if they turned that one inside out or not. Uh, In June, last June, a woman from Texas was asked to leave an American Airlines flight because of her outfit. It was a strapless romper. <laughs> hmm. Like, um, I'm picturing the Mrs. Roper on Oh, Three's sure, Company. yeah. But like she was a kinda... lot heavier than Mrs. <laughs> Roper. <laughs> okay. okay. So I think that was the issue here, oh, is that okay. she was not quite as, uh, as svelte as oh, Mrs. Roper. She yeah. had to cover herself hmm. up with a blanket before being allowed on the flight. American Airlines later apologizing the airline had fully refunded her travel. Dress codes on airplanes are usually hmm. expressed. I mean, they're right there on yeah, the d- ticket. They tell you on the ticket, and they tell you in all their, 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 their certain rules. Uh, it used to be, when I, I mean, forever ago, people used to dress up in suit and tie. Mm-hmm. You know, guy, men would wear uh, hats and their ties, and women wear full dresses and Sure, get all dressed up for the airplane. Hear how how society has fallen, and and that's a great example of it. But um, I I don't I've never seen the dress code instructions on the t- on sure. the boarding pass or no I guess on I the airline seen on the boarding website, pad, but I'm sure it's on the web because I'm JetBlue sure JetBlue has one that they say they will they can allow uh, refuse uh, to allow passengers on board if their clothes are hmm. lewd, obscene, or offensive. Um, and so I, I guess it depends on what their version of that, yeah. offensive is. Yes. Um, some people might think that hail Satan is offensive, and other people <laughs> might just think they're they praying say to they, their. They meant hail Santa. Exactly. They just misspelled <laughs> just it. Misspelled it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hook up with Alex. Yeah. The Consumer Electronics Show is wrapping up in Las Vegas. It is the place where companies show off their latest and greatest products and look to the future. There are always new announcements and new gadgets in the transportation world as well, as well as just to the general public. So all kinds of cool things come out of there. Well, someone who was just immersed 
in all of that new technology is ABC radio correspondent and one of my best friends, Alex Stone. Alex, wait, wow. wait is, is Jason one of your best friends, Alex? Yes, he is. He was in my wedding. Yes. Uh, I mean, one of my best buds ever. Okay. And, and an honor, let me say, to be on this podcast because it's you've had it for a long time. I've never been on it before, so... Thank you for having me. Well, welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast, and I am so honored that you said yes, because, well, if you didn't say yes, then I would have sent hate mail your way. (laughs) You know where I live. Yes, I do. Before we get into specifics about any one thing over at CES, uh, set the mood, if you will, about the show. What it's like to be there on the CES floor. Well, I mean, it's just so big in that there are, it's at three different convention centers. You're at the Vegas Convention Center, Sands Convention Center, Mandalay Bay, plus a whole bunch of hotels where the different companies have their unveilings and where they do big news conferences. So you, to get anywhere, you've got to go on shuttles between them. You know, you, you try to set up an appointment or some kind of schedule as you're going into it, and you can never make them because one will be over here, one will be... A, a half an hour over on the other side of town but it's just so massive you walk into the main hall there are just you know the booths are massive the tvs are massive um and that's always a big part of ces even though they say it is no longer the consumer electronics show now it is just ces because they uh, they say it's no longer consumer electronics only they, they just want to be known as ces what does it stand for they say ah don't worry about that that it's, <laughs> it's just just ces now but, I mean, there's the, the auto wing with all of the, the big companies and smaller players. There's the, the wing of just gadgets and all kinds of, of other little things. Then there are the weird things like, well, they're not weird, but, but you wouldn't necessarily put them with CES. But, uh, you know, like food companies, Impossible Foods, those that are creating oh, yeah. scientific food. So, I mean, it really runs the gamut. But, and you look at the TVs. Samsung, I know this isn't about transportation, but just a minute, 292-inch no big-screen TV. Yeah, a couple of hundred grand, but 292 what? inches. Find a room in your home to put From that where? thing in. yeah. That's, that's yeah. wall size, isn't it? Well, and that's what they call it. They call it the wall. And, uh, and then others have, you know, 85, 95-inch, 8K TVs and all that. But the big one, when you walk in, you go... Holy shnikes, 292-inch. And I watch everything on my phone, so there you go. Well, yeah, and that's 24 (laughs) feet in your home. That's crazy. I don't think I have a wall in my house that's 24 feet. No, and yeah, I mean, they've said that they've they've put them in a couple of luxury homes. You can imagine that they were massive luxury homes. But, and I mean, you would have, how far back would you have to be? I mean, the, the pixels, I mean, you guys in TV, you would think that, you know, imagine every pore would be like uh. four feet across on your face. Oh, yeah, they would see every nose hair, <laughs> which everybody wants to see, I know. Uh, oh, transportation yeah. is always an important part of the show, and it seems that most of the car makers that were showing off all their new autonomous uh, technology, that was their real key feature, less about like being an auto show where you're seeing, hey, these cool concept cars. It was more about autonomous features and trying to get self-driving cars. Yeah, you know, I, I've noticed over the last couple of years, maybe two or three years ago, it was really all about autonomous driving and where we were going with all of that. Who was going to get there first? You had Audi, you had Toyota, um, of course, you had Tesla, but they don't really take part in, in CES, of, of where all of this was going. That is somewhat faded away in the last couple of years. This year, there is some autonomous technology out there. They are touting some of that. But it's almost like the, the car makers who were at CES, and, and as you mentioned, you go into the wing and you would think that the, the auto wing, that you're at a, an auto show that, that you know, looks very much like when we cover the L.A. auto show of, you know, Ford has their big booth, GM has their band, and, and I mean, they spend a lot of money on it. But this year, it's less about autonomy and more about technology in the cars, whether it be BMW or Ford or GM. A lot about Alexa in your car, a lot about luxury at BMW, at the suite, the BMW i3 Urban suite that looks like a first-class suite on an international plane inside your car with a lamp and a desk and and everything else for the the passenger. That uh, that they're really focusing in on that, less about autonomous driving, more about comfort in the car. Because Sony, I mean, obviously they're a company that doesn't make cars. 
And, and they did right. something completely unexpected by creating an electric car to then showcase the automotive technology that Sony has developed for these cars. Yeah, and that was a surprise when they came out with that. Everybody who was at the reveal went, wow. That, they, you know, normally we kind of know going into these what's about to be announced. And that one, nobody thought Sony was going to roll out their own vehicle. That, that, it was, that, that wasn't the way that they were going. Yeah, they're talking more about what they can do to get other automakers there. But in the process, they showed their own. And electric cars, probably kind of what we saw with Autonomous a couple of years ago. But electric cars, whether it be at the auto shows that are going on, or at CES, that's probably next to comfort inside the vehicles. The other big headline, you've got Fisker, they're debuting the the Ocean, they're all electric crossover. Uh, They say it will go 300 miles, production should uh, begin at the end of 2021. Ford is at the show and they were trying hard to get us to do a lot of coverage on it. Uh, The the 2021, the Mach-E, the Mustang crossover that uh, we've heard so much about, they're showing that off. GM has some plug-in features as well. So, yeah, I mean, the, the the autonomous will eventually come, most likely, down the road. But they're looking more in the, the very near future. And for these automakers, they're saying the plug-in vehicles, that's what it's about right now. They're, they're taking on Tesla. We've seen Tesla's numbers. They had a very good 2019. The other automakers, the bigger guys, are saying, we can do this, too. And they're really diving hmm. into it right now. What about safety? Does that come in at all here? I mean, a lot of these features have become distractions and are getting criticized for that. Yeah, I mean, they always make the point that they've gone through all kinds of when they do the whatever's in your center console, that, that they're, they're trying to make it as simple as possible. Hmm. But yet they want it to be as cool as possible. <laughs> but I think the problem for a lot of people has always been that no matter what your iPad can do, your center console looks like it was like 10 years ago. Uh, You know, new vehicles come out. And unless you're in a Tesla or in one of these newer high-end vehicles, you buy a new car and it's still, you know, these real simple graphics with primary colors. And the automakers say that's what they've got to do. Because otherwise, then we're complaining that that it's too complicated and that you're looking at it too much and then you crash the the vehicle. Mm -hmm. So they they try to make it as as basic as possible. So they talk about that as well. Interesting. We're speaking with Alex Stone, ABC radio correspondent based in Los Angeles, all about CES and the technology that was out there. So, Alex, it seems like with all the uh, new technologies in the car, like you mentioned, Alexa, we're going to have to have cars that then automatically connect to the Internet and not just through my phone. So was was there a lot of talk about how the the, the car was going to maybe connect to 5G and that was going to then be able to propel my Alexa to do everything I want in my car? I laugh because every time you say Alexa, my Alexa over here keeps uh. lighting up. Um, yeah, yeah. The uh, So uh, 5G is a big part of this. That's going to play a role in where all of this goes. And so many of the vehicles out there, GM among them, Toyota as well, they automatically have the 4G in it right now. So the next step would be 5G and allowing you to do a lot of this stuff without tethering to your phone. So, yeah, absolutely. Going down the road, they're saying this is going to be native in your car. Now you do typically, and it'll probably continue this way for a while, have to pay for another cellular connection. It's, it's another phone, essentially, to make all of this work, but that it will just automatically connect to the, the system and won't go through your phone, and that will run Alexa, that will run the radio that you're listening to, whatever you're streaming, that that's just how we're going to get the info. But 5G will make it that much easier, that much more seamless because of the speed that's going to be involved. But uh, they're definitely going down that road. I don't know if you saw some of the videos that the car makers were putting out, but I found it funny that most of the videos were, that they were showing the uh, the technologies in the car or uh, some of the features as they're driving down a street, that these cars were basically the only car on the road. <laughs> I want to see these cars actually operate on the strip at 10 o'clock at night where it's jam-packed on the road, and then there are <laughs> these Yahoo idiots that are drunk off their tail that are trying to you know cross either Las Vegas Boulevard or... <laughs> trying to jump into the uh, circus circus yeah i was just gonna say with all the the drunk folks who are coming around and slamming their hand on your hood yeah. and the cops that are going through let's yeah, see how I mean, autonomous the, the, car deal with that yeah the real vegas uh yeah no they, they always show these things on real open roads and kind of on that topic toyota is going to be creating its own city in japan which mm-hmm. is going to be a test city that uh that they're going to put real people in 
real people they say are going to live there. They're going to test out not only their vehicles, but also some other technology, but that they see that as being their test track. But yeah, so many of these test tracks that they put them on that they're trying to get better and better about, you know, we did one in Michigan a couple of months ago where we drove around in autonomous vehicles where they had street signs and they had fake people. They were cardboard cutouts, but you know, things that they had to manipulate around. But yeah, you don't typically see it in rush hour in Vegas. Usually looks very pretty, very open. And that's normally what they're showing you. But they, they claim it will work in the real environment as well. Hmm. Did you see that quadcopter personal flying machine thing that was there? <laughs> yeah, from Hyundai. Yeah. The uh, the, the Uber uh, Elevate partner. Right, yeah. That's we, a... Yeah. We've been talking to, to Uber for a long time. They held a big event in L.A. That, that I attended where they did their Uber Air. And they talked about this was maybe a year, year and a half ago, that they were within months of launching Uber hmm. Air at that time. And we all went. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of hurdles that they still have to go, whether FAA approval or, you know, just setting up the bases for all of these things, let alone the actual aircraft uh, that they, they weren't ready to go with yet. At that time, they were talking to a number of different companies, but they say, Hyundai and, and Uber, say that they have come up to, uh, with a way to mass produce Uber Air taxis that, uh, that they say they're, they're good to go and that, that it's going to take a little bit of time. They say their concept was through Uber, through a NASA-inspired process that they did, uh, that they feel like that, that they can deploy these air vehicles. Now, they're not going to come to your home. So when you get on the Uber app, eventually, they say very soon, but let's say in like 10 years, uh, it, they claim it's going to be a lot sooner than that. But uh, you go to the Uber app, you say you want to go Uber Air. It doesn't then land outside your house. You would, in their vision, take a regular Uber, a vehicle, to a base somewhere, so let's say it's at an airport or at a shopping mall where these things are landing, hmm. then you would get in it and go to where you want to go. Then when you come back, then you do that, the last mile, as they call it. Uh, you, you get back in the Uber vehicle, and then you go back home or go to your office. But they claim that these things are going to be flying all over and that, that it's going to be the future of how we get around. Well, these are short trips, mostly? Yeah, I mean, you're not going, you know, Denver to, to LAX. Right. Uh, this would be that you're going around town. Uh, in L.A., they showed it as you're going from, you, you know, if you, you know the areas, but the, the northern part, like the San Fernando Valley, down to, to LAX, you're pretty much hopping over traffic. So in Denver, maybe you were, you're picking it up, you know, down in Highlands Ranch, and you're going to downtown, or you're going out to the airport, a way to kind of bypass the local traffic, just fly right over it. Maybe you're getting on in Golden and you're flying to, to Anschutz, that, that it would be the way that, that you would be able to, to save a little bit of time, mm. hopefully not spend a fortune. They claim it would be pretty inexpensive. Uh, you know, you look at helicopters and Uber is doing some collaborating with, with helicopters in New York, and it's still pretty expensive. But you're paying the price of flying on a helicopter. They claim that this would be a lot cheaper. Mm. There, there's there's no way I want any of the Uber drivers I've been with to fly me across town. <laughs> well, they say it wouldn't need a driver, that these are autonomous, that they're at least eventually there would not be an operator on there. So it would be like, you know, the train at DIA uh, <laughs> yeah. where uh, you'd hear, you know, the Who? mayor and, and right. Alan Roach come on and talk to you. No, no, uh, no. It has to be Jason Luber. Yeah, why can't it be me? Okay. Yeah, Jason, welcome to your Uber air. Uh, but you get on. It's got, you know, they claim it's going to have multiple propellers. So if one goes down, the rest are going to keep it flying. That this is going to be autonomous and that they'll take off, they'll land, they'll be good to go. They won't need a lot of maintenance. I mean, they make it sound like, you know, it's going to be the, just this incredible machine like we've never seen before. But still in all of their planning and in their timelines, what doesn't make sense is, I mean, think of everything that, that Boeing is going through right now and getting mm -hmm. certification again for the MAX and, and all of that that these are going to be aircraft and you don't just make it and then launch it and put 10 people on it at a time. They're going to have to get a lot of approval. The FAA is going to have to sign off on everything. There's still regulatory wise, still a lot of steps they've got to take. And in all of the planning that we heard a couple of years ago, and then it never came to fruition, even now it seems like they're ignoring some of that, but they say that, that they're on track to, to make this go forward pretty quickly. 
We're talking with Alex Stone, ABC Radio correspondent, about CES and all the cool transportation technology. Alex, what other cool transportation technology did you see? Did you see that, uh, like, like that motto bag, that suitcase that you can ride around the airport? <laughs> yeah, so you hop on this thing, and then it's like a go-kart. I don't know if you've been to a mall where they have those animals that you can, that your kids can ride around on that do the no. craziest no. looking things. No, it's that must called, be an LA It's thing. at the grocery store where they get on there and they put the penny and then it just, you know, jiggles around for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, our mall has these things where you rent them out and your kid has like a, an animal go-kart that they're straddling and riding around on. <laughs> that, uh, that this, this suitcase is kind of the same idea where you can ride the suitcase around the airport. Now, I can only imagine it, you know, they, they demonstrated it for us. It looked like it was okay that you straddle your suitcase and then it takes off but imagine if you hit a bump or like <laughs> the, the grout between tile at an airport i can just imagine you you know catapulting off of this thing and then and then uh, it doesn't go so well but yeah they've got that i got to play around with the segway s pod uh which is the, the segway's new idea of a self-stabilizing i mean it looks like a big really big uh, kids like booster seat or car seat huh. that you're sitting in there, or something really out of Wally, where the the movie Wally, where you're Wally. Sitting... Well, all right, Wally. <laughs> um, that, uh, that that when you're sitting in it, that you or you know, I mean, I you feel like an emperor, like in some movie that you <laughs> yeah. should be making demands. It's a big black like half capsule, and they say they they want to end up putting some kind of roof on it so you could drive it around outside. That with a joystick or with an iPad, but it's got a little like emperor's joystick on the right <laughs> side where you could like spin it around and look at people. That you would go 24 miles an hour. No way. Yeah, when they said the speed, right now they've got it limited to like sticks, but that that, that it would go 24 miles an hour. They picture this thing as that you would drive it around maybe towns, but but right now they're thinking theme parks, airports, uh, shopping malls. I mean, you never have to walk. Many of these gadgets at CES are just making us lazier. This is the same sort of thing. That this is, you pretty much have your own yeah, car seat on wheels <laughs> that, that you sit in and then just drive around. And, you, you know, maybe you would get out at the theme park and go, all right, I'll ride this ride. And then you ride the ride and get back in your thing and then shuttle yourself around. I mean, these things are going to be crashing into each other. But they, they say that. This is the future of how we're going to get around that apparently we're never going to walk again. It, it sounds like the, the like a latest Bond villain would do that. You know, <laughs> that, that's what it. That's get a what cat it looks like. That yeah. chair, and then you know, drive around and try to catch. Yeah, it seems like that. You know, your your wife would call for you, and you'd spin around in the chair. And, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Why? Yes, I don't know what what is yeah, the no, need they, for some of these these things, but. Speed, yeah, and they have I no guess. idea on the, on the price on that wow. yet either. That's one of those where they say it's coming, but they don't know when, and they don't know how much it's going to cost. Well, what other, uh, even non-transportation gadgets did you think was, was really cool? Um, well, there were two things. One was uh, kind of transportation-related. It is a suitcase that follows you like a puppy dog. You're not riding it, but it's uh, it uses artificial intelligence, and it's got cameras in it, and you wear kind of a little wristband hmm. to make sure it knows where you are. And we got to do it around the, the floor of CES, and it just everywhere you go, it's about two feet behind you, and it's following. And it, they say it's going to be 800, 800 bucks, which doesn't seem that bad when you think of what it's doing. And, you know, some of this stuff is, you know, the, the, uh, the Alexa toilet is $10,000 by Kohler. So to think 800 bucks for a suitcase that follows you doesn't seem all that bad. No, 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 but that's still a lot of money to have a suitcase trampled because you've been to the Atlanta airport where there is barely any room for you to get through the crowd, let alone your bag that's trying to follow you. (laughs) Yeah, well, my question to them was, what if somebody steals your bag? What if somebody gets between you and the bag? And they said, oh, if they get between you and the bag, it's going to continue following you. If they steal it, well, then, you know, all bets are off. The other thing was Charmin has got a, uh, it's kind of a car, I guess this is transportation, it's a robot that will bring you toilet paper <laughs> when you're on the john. That is so ridiculous. That, now that, that is sitting on the john, Yeah, and you control it as of right now on your phone, but they say that they're going to design it so that it'll be connected to Alexa, and you would oh, yeah. say, okay, bring me toilet paper, and it just, it this little vehicle. Wait, 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 it, wait. 
but it has to be. But it has to be in the room with you because otherwise it needs to be able to open a door, right? And if <laughs> well, it's in the it. room with me, when I don't need the extra roll, that's just creepy as it's watching <laughs> me in the bathroom, right? Well, okay. So two thoughts. One is they tested it. So in a public bathroom. Yeah, see, that's what I'm can, thinking, yeah. Yeah, it can public. get under the stall. Okay. It's not too tall. So they, they can bring it to you that way. I mean, the answer at home, we know you don't shut your door anyway. So <laughs> then, then you're perfectly fine. Now, if you do, well, then all bets are off. It's got to be in that room with you. But otherwise, you got to leave the, the door open. That's still I, I, weird. I mean, in a public restroom, <laughs> and you're just summoning this <laughs> little robot to bring you, a, you know, a whole roll? Yeah. Well, and then they say, again... This is so much at CES's concept, and they're just making headlines. Who knows if it will ever go anywhere? By the way, that $10,000 toilet, uh, it lights up. It's got Alexa in it. So you could say, listen to Jason and Nicole, <laughs> and all of a sudden your toilet would. And I, uh, well, how do, you, how do you talk to Alexa? Do you put your head between your legs? And then I'll. And wait a minute. Oh, no, you, just, you, you talk to it normally. The, the, uh, the seat heats up. It does everything, you know, to, to make you feel all good. But it's got Alexa in there. Ten grand. Wow. That's all I'm, ridiculous. I'm usually trying to spend, you know, less time in the not bathroom. More time uh, in there. Um, interesting, though. I did, you know, someone I know just got one of the smart refrigerators, though, and I, I have to say, I never thought about how useful that could be till I saw it in her house. I was jealous. But how is it useful? But what do you it, do? With it tells it? you the weather right there. Oh on yeah, the I fridge. already know the weather. And uh, <laughs> and I can you, look outside. The, the kids can draw pictures right there and put it. You know, you don't have to hang all their stuff and the calendars right there. But is all of that worth like 4,500 bucks? Yeah, probably not. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's connected to Alexa or Amazon and then it just knows that I'm almost out of milk and it sends me. Well, that I I, I didn't check out to see if those features were there, but I thought that would be awesome if it knew. Yeah. That, that you yeah, and I mean, eventually, yes. yeah, eventually they're supposed to know all that. And there's also an Alexa shower head, also made by Kohler. That's only 250 bucks. Uh, so that's a, you know a little bit better deal if you want. Their point is, they say you start your day in your bathroom, you end your day in the bathroom. So not necessarily on the toilet, but in your bathroom. They're saying this way you can be connected, you can know what's going on. But yeah, for some, you're saying that that's just that's too much being connected. Or you can just bring your phone in with you. And get that same connection. We're speaking with Alex Stone, ABC Radio correspondent, about CES and all the cool things that was out there in Las Vegas. I have two last things for you, Alex. One, what kind of an intern was Nicole when she worked with you? (laughs) Oh, he's not going to remember me. Oh, stop it. No, absolutely. She was amazing. And, man, remember those days back in Colorado's Morning News Saturday? Tim Shepard. Yeah, Yeah. Kim. Yes, that's what I was telling him. Yeah, no. Not, and it, you were already working, obviously, uh, there at KOA. I, I, ew, that was my first foray into early mornings. That yeah. that internship coming in on those weekends. Yeah, the early mornings yeah. are no fun, especially on a Saturday when you're in your twenties and you've been out all night. Oh, um, yeah. I'm not saying that's what you did. That's what may, maybe somebody maybe. else in this conversation did. Maybe. Um, yeah, but the the uh, yeah, and then I, I watched you in Albuquerque. <laughs> I, I see all your stuff now. Your feeds are constantly coming into our bureau, and it's just it's awesome to see everything well, you've done. Nicole. Thank it's, you. It's amazing. I'm a huge fan of yours. Oh, Alex, same to you. I I will I will tell you. I remember the first time I heard you on ABC Radio, and that was about 15 years ago, probably. Now I was driving back from Denver to Albuquerque, and KOA with its massive signal. Uh, kept going, so I was able to keep listening, and you were covering the Michael Jackson trial. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Boy, wait, I, I can't remember what year it was exactly, but yeah, that was, and I thought, oh, my God, that's Alex Stone there. on, <laughs> And and I just well, kept it up the whole way, the whole ride back. So, oh, man, well, anyway, awesome. you're, you're rocking it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's always, every time I, I see your video come in, I go, ah, oh, this is so awesome. You're, you're just doing so great. Well, and finally, you. Alex, uh, how did you, uh, how'd you do on the tram? <laughs> I thought you were going to ask, how do I like you? No. Uh, <laughs> I know that answer already. Oh, we know that you kill it on a tram. So the story behind that, which I, I'm guessing you haven't told, is no. so Nicole at my bachelor party in Vegas, <laughs> we were on at the, were we on, no, we were on the tram between Luxor, Mandalay Bay. Yeah, Mandalay Bay, Luxor, and, uh, well, and Excalibur. Excalibur. Okay, yeah. yeah, and we may have had a couple of, you know, Adult uh, beverages. Fun, fun things to drink. And we're, we're going between the two. And 
I don't. It was pretty full in there, wasn't it? Oh I yeah, like it, it was. was. Back in there. Yep. And Jason starts doing this shtick about I kill it on a tram and making everybody <laughs> laugh on this tram, and all we hear the rest of the trip is. I kill it on a track. Oh, man, I had two good minutes of material there. You and had, it you was had fantastic. And then my now brother-in-law went to taunt some uh, tigers after that at, oh, yeah. uh, over at MGM. But that's a whole other story. But 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 Jason kills it on a tram. Oh, so <laughs> no tram comedians this time for you. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> no. All no. Right. I'm like Jason. <laughs> Alex, uh, you've been generous with your time and all your info. Thanks again for being here on the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. You guys are the best. I love oh, you. Talk you to you again soon. Thanks. Oh, yeah, the tram. Oh, man. I do really good on the tram. I, it was, I had like three minutes of really good material, <laughs> and uh, it just killed. It was great. I don't know where. I, I, I was storing up some of that stuff. I, it, it goes back to the days when I always thought I wanted to be a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. and so I sometimes have some material ready to just go, kinda, yeah. and I, I'm better in front of a group like that. And so, But only three minutes worth, huh? Three minutes worth. So that it was, has that to was be it. the elevator, maybe. <laughs> elevator is great. The tram, yeah. The elevator's too short, actually. The okay, tram was yeah. just perfect. perfect yeah. Because I could get into it, get a little rhythm going, and then boom, you give them the closer nice. and everybody gets out. It was perfect. <laughs> it was just... Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Alex gave us some great stuff. I he makes me really want to go to the CES as we now know it's not consumer electronics no, show I guess just CES. I, I've been corrected apparently. Yes. Um I I would love to to go try out some of those those fancy controls. Oh, I would too. Yeah. I think it would be great to go mm-hmm. out there and, and cover some of that stuff. I would actually just like to go as a fan and see it instead of having to then have deadlines and write yeah. material and then cover it and get the video and do all I mean do all the stuff that you would as a reporter, right. TV, radio, right. whatever. Um, because that's a lot a lot of work. And there are a lot of announcements that come out of that uh, whole week mm-hmm. um, from all the car makers and all the other electronic makers. So there's a lot of work that happens there, but um, I would love to do it. All sometime. right, 2021. 2021, CBS. we're there. Vegas. All right. Vegas, uh, baby. <laughs> and finally, from the mailbag, uh, Ron from Aurora, Colorado. He writes, "What's that smell just north of Johnson's Corner as you drive north on I-25? There have been a uh, there uh, there has been a very strong, unpleasant smell there for quite some time." Uh, well, Ron, I'm guessing it's not the smell of the sweet, sweet cinnamon buns that they're cooking there. <laughs> At the Johnson's Corner truck stop. No. Have you had their cinnamon buns? Uh, you talk about them. Oh, lot. man, they're very good. I don't think good. I have, though. Very, very good. Uh, it could be maybe one of the rendering plants. One of the many mm. rendering pr- plants, and uh, or one of the feedlots, or uh, they have a lot of cattle farms up there in Weld County. So it could be one of those. That could be your unpleasant smell. So I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not. I, I could. I could help you with with road questions, but I can't help you with smell questions. This is not the smelling you crazy podcast. It's the driving you crazy podcast. That is. That is. True. I did get in trouble once though uh, for saying that the air in you know you, mm-hmm. there's that old saying when it snows in Denver, you you know it because you can smell Greeley. Yep. It means the winds are blowing from the north up from the more agricultural areas of uh, Wyoming and Weld County, and it brings that smell into Metro Denver, and it's unmistakable. It is an unmistakable smell. But you got some... uh... And so I said on TV... I said, oh, Elisa, it's it's obviously going to snow pretty soon because it smells like Greeley outside. <laughs> and boom, here comes the hate mail pouring in from the city council of Greeley. City council this Oh, time. yeah, there okay, were official wow. people that were getting yeah. on my case about this, wanting me to official, like, do on a, on-air official apologies. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And actually on their website, or it was like on one of their official websites, they actually touted uh, that it's that right. all their I, agriculture stuff and their smell and, I was and all of say, that. I mean, how do we know you were saying it's a bad smell? It's I didn't say like I just really. I, exactly. I said it smells like really. Okay. I didn't say it's oh a god awful smell yeah, and it smells right. like. So there you go. Yeah, you want to just go bury your head in a uh, in a box full of roses because it's so bad smelling. I never said anything like that. You wouldn't. You say didn't. Anything you like didn't want to. No. You didn't want to spray Febreze right into your nostrils <laughs> to get rid of that smell. Um, but yeah, no, they got on my case for that big time, and, and 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 I wrote them back and I said, you know, this and that, and 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 we we agreed to disagree. <laughs> All right, good. Guess what? Anyway, uh, next week we will be talking parking. 
Yes. I already have a, a scheduled uh, interview uh, with a guy uh, about parking. And he was talking about parking rates and what the parking rates are around the country in different cities around the country, especially as it relates to weekend versus weekday. But I wonder if, and I have some other questions for him. I think he was out there at CES this week. Uh, But I have some other questions about general parking uh, issues, not only what parking costs now and what parking could cost in the future, especially the changes with autonomous cars, but also the difference between what it costs to park for a, like a, a, at a meter compared to what it park at a, uh, at a city lot yeah. or, you know, some other kind of private mm-hmm. lot. Cause there's a lot of cities that, uh, well, I, I guess not cities yet. Well, maybe cities. There are a lot of uh, uh, people that want to create less traffic into a downtown area and their next goal is not just to make traffic driving inconvenient for you, is to make parking impossible. Therefore, if you can't find a space, there's nowhere to park yeah, your car, you you're not going to drive into downtown. That is the next step. And so I'm hoping that uh, he will be able to answer those questions and, uh, and see what the future That'll of parking is into these uh, metro areas. Yeah. So it'll be good. I think it'll be a good conversation. We'll see how that goes. And, right. of course, Nicole, and you'll be here. Back. Yes, you will be. Yay! This is fun. I get to sign off today and know I'm going to be back here. That's, that's good. <laughs> I like it. That's good. And you've I never gone... know. I never know after my last appearance if, uh, if you're going to say one. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> never again. And you've gone through quite a bit of that water jug, by the way. Very impressive. Yeah. yeah no, it's... it's good time to end the show, I would say. Yes, yes. it is a good Might time. Need to need a break. Yes. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> get... Yeah, get that bathroom robot robot all ready to go. Uh, Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the traffic guy. And I'm Nicole Brady, your uh, temporary (laughs) fill-in podcast host. Perfect. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.